I used to bend and break my heart so that I wouldn't fall apart, make everybody smile so they wouldn't see my scars. Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome back to to the show, folks. It has been a long time. Uh, we've uh, we've been enjoying a very wonderful hiatus from the show, but. Here we are. We're back. Curtis, we're back, man. It worked. We're back. We're back, we're hey, back in the studio, what's going man. On, folks, welcome. Yeah. They could they couldn't uh, keep us out, sir. Absolutely not. No, no, no. And uh, you know, this episode's going to be very special because we're joined by one of our first guests. You just heard a, a brief excerpt from the title track uh, from her brand new EP Horizon Line, and now she's here to talk all about that and a whole lot more. I'm going to say OG guest Sarah Blacker is here yes. on the show. Sarah, welcome back. It is so cool to have you here. I am very excited for this one. Thank you so much, Max. I know we were laughing about it pre-recording, but I almost didn't make it. I, I passed out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, well, just off, folks. Yeah, just well, want to let you know. You know, when you get to our age, you know, the naps are hey, are we very important. Talk about this. Easy on the OLD word. Easy. <laughs> We're getting there, Chris. Just say, you know, but blink of an eye, I'll be, I'll be in the, uh, stuffed into an old folks home. Still doing the show, though. I'll still do the show from my, my uh, wheelchair. Yeah. Ah. But Sarah, it is so cool to have you here. It's been, oh, it's been, you know, we were talking earlier. I think it's been something like 10 years since you were a guest on the program. So oversight on, on my part, but we're going to talk all about, of course, the big news. You just recently dropped a new EP horizon line, uh, three track album, which to me, it's almost like a back to, or I, I would say it really like, um, it really epitomizes your style because listen, cause like listening to some of your, like your like older works, it's like, man, she still, she, she, she still, she still got it. There's no like big change here. It's like, you know, classic, like Sarah Blacker. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, yeah, we, we really stripped things down for this EP and brought it back to just the essence of the song. Yeah. The lyrics, yeah. the melody, the song. But would you say there's anything new about this one? Did you go, did you get to go in any kind of new directions, whether it's like musically or storyline? Um, I mean, I think as far as, who I am and where I am in life. Um, that certainly is, is really different than, than where I was, you know, back in the OG days. So I think the perspective of where I'm coming from with the lyrics and with the song songs um, is, is, is new, you know? So, and I think everything that I've been through, everything we've all been through, you know, we'll get into all of that. I'm sure with the meanings of the songs, but, but certainly we've all been through a lot collectively. So, so that's in the songs as well. How would you say your, uh, your uh, perspective has changed because you've been doing this for a very long time. Um, your first album, the only way out is through you released that back in 2009 and here we are 15 yep. years later. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a minute. I mean, I spent a lot of time touring and, and doing, um, you know, tons and tons of gigs all the time. And, I've also had other adventures where I am a music therapist and um, most recently during the pandemic, I um, went back to school and got my psychotherapy degree. So I'm a couple months away from licensure as a um, clinical mental health counselor. So, you know, I've, I've had some other life experiences while also doing a lot of music too. 
What were the inspirations for these three songs? So the title track, Horizon Line, I did write during the pandemic. Um, I think just grasping for hope, looking for connection and like the refrain is sort of, I'm all right, you know, I'm all right. We're all all right. And it was like, are we though? Are we really? It was a, it was sort of an, one of those affirmations where fake it till you make it. If we can all sing that together, hopefully we will be okay. Um, and just kind of stripping away everything. I think we all did in the pandemic. It was, it was just like to the essence of what human existence is um, and survival. So that's Horizon Line. That's the title track. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Some serious stuff though, huh? Yeah. You know, some, some deeper cuts. We, we, I've written a lot over the, the past years and releasing these three songs. These three went together the best as an EP. That's, that's not to say that there's not more music coming. So of course Just there's saying. more music coming. Just, of course there is more music coming. There is. <laughs> well, hopefully, right? Yeah. Well, well, like whenever, whenever someone drops an album, they'll say like, okay, this is like five songs. What they're not telling you yeah. is they have about like 20 more that for whatever reason, they did not <laughs> make the cut, but they're still out there right. and they're still going to release them. Right. Right. Or you like went through a hundred songs and picked the best 10. I mean, I always used to do that with full albums, you know, you go through so many songs and then pick like the 10 or 12 that, you love most but these three i was just like you know what i have to put something out and um and it was time so these three were the ones that we picked what was it about these three that kind of stood out that made you think yes these three have to get heard by the world well i think going into the studio and doing them acoustically these three stood alone in that way most effectively where I've been playing a lot with my band. Um, getting the band into the studio was a challenge just logistically. So, um, you know, it was just myself and my husband, Aaron Katz. Um, he played a little bit of piano and um, stuff like that. So so they were the ones that, that like, in their rawest essence were really um, effective, I think, in that way. Mm-hmm. You talked about the, the, uh, the acoustic sound, which I absolutely loved. Because that reminds you of a lot of times seeing you play live at um, a Club Passim or other uh, or locations in Boston. Um, I remember in Waves was more of like a full band experience. Was there a reason why you decided, hey, we're going to go with like a um, um, acoustic this time around? Well, yeah. I mean, the the other albums have a lot of production, which was super fun to do and and great to get so many different players. Um, but the, like I said, the acoustic feature of this album came from the fact that it was really hard to just like pin down the entire band and get them into the studio at the time we were trying to do it so and it just things kept getting pushed off life was happening the pandemic was happening it was like you know one obstacle after another and finally my husband was like why don't you just go in and and play live and so that's what i did and yeah so that's that's what we did and and that's where we landed for these three tunes but i mean they sound great with the band and and live, we do play them with the full band, but um, you know, more more stripped down. They're not they're not as rock and roll as In Waves was. <laughs> in Waves was very very rock and roll. I remember that actually. You, you, it almost seems like you kind of go a bit like back and forth. Like, like you'll have the more like acoustic version, then the more rocky version, back to acoustic rocky. Do you have a preference there? I think I like all of it. I really yeah. do. Like I was raised on classic rock and grunge and. 
um, you know, prog rock and all that good stuff. So I definitely love to rock and I am trying to embrace that more and more. Um, whether, even if it's not on an electric guitar, just sort of like that passionate, angry vibe, which during in waves, someone was like, I want to hear you write an angry song. And my manager at the time had a friend that got on the phone with me. and was like, you need to write an angry song. (laughs) So I did. And you know, some of those songs ended up that way, but but yeah, so I it's all a part of 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 the music and sure. and the where it comes from. Okay. Well, you know, we've talked a little bit about production, but I'm gonna turn things over to Curtis to ask a little more about that. Sure. Yeah, the hi, um Hi. So um one of the biggest uh themes that I've noticed throughout uh your body of work is that um you've worked a lot uh, including on this album uh with sean mclaughlin over at 37 foot productions and i yeah. know that he's been you know a, a huge part of the music for years so mm-hmm. what kept that um professional connection going why keep going uh back to sean because he's just the best i mean he's so <laughs> he's the best i mean i think we're Back in the day, he he was like one of the first musicians I played with in a band. Um, when I first when I recorded my first album, he mixed, and I was really struggling to cut vocals. And then he was like, "Why don't you come over to my studio? You might be more comfortable here." And I was, and so I ended up just continuing to go back to his studio and working with him as a producer was just like the perfect marriage of you know, him just understanding what I was wanting and what I was saying. And even if I couldn't say it, he would sort of intuit it and and then we would try it. And, you know, he he speaks all of the languages that I speak. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the mark of a great producer too. Yeah. That diversity be able to speak well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Also, um, the one of your band members, your, your husband, Aaron. um, Yeah. Big part of, uh, the music as well um yeah but i also noticed that uh he had helped with uh, co-producing yeah for the ep is that uh the first time that he's actually done something like that in the project um with with my music yeah um so this we didn't i didn't really do much production work with sean sean mixed and recorded everything and then my husband um you know just helped to kind of decide on some instrumentation and and where to go with the sound so but he's an incredible producer too. So we really, he really helps. Yep. Yep. It does help. <laughs> I didn't actually realize um, Aaron's uh, musical pedigree because I was uh, looking at the bio and I realized, oh, he used to play with uh, the Dehas. And I remember mm-hmm. them from like back in the day. Right. Way back. I was like, oh yep. my God. I remember that band. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> yep. The Dejas. And also, um, I don't know if you ever heard of Percy Hill, but he was. Um, mm-hmm you know, drummer and, and one of the lead songwriters and singers for them for many, many, many years as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm curious. Uh, did the two of you um, like work together musically before the, uh, the, uh, the relationship got underway? We had so many similar friends and honestly, like we both were working with Sean, Shawnee Mac. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we did uh, cross paths at shows. We did gigs together. We, um, you know, we go back even further than that, where I used to go see his band in high school and we have some like near meetings that happened to us while I was at Berkeley and just traveling around. And so, yeah, it all worked out when I moved to Salem. 
<laughs> yes, yes, and and this is still where you uh, you call home. Uh, your Instagram is is tons of great Salem pictures. Your dog, I think, might actually have a bigger bigger like Instagram <laughs> audience than you. Oh, he does. Yeah, I, I've never you know anything I've ever tried to do with social media has not gone as well as Bruce's Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. interesting interestingly <laughs> enough let's let's talk about that real quick because i love um, <laughs> social media touch and expression and promotion but let's talk promotional strategies real quick yeah. um so you know between the last two albums there's definitely um some time has elapsed there yeah um you know and for for various reasons but also the landscape in terms of how you promote music and material has also changed you know mm. what um I'm curious to, to kind of learn more about what you have in store for promoting Horizon Lines versus the last, you know, in waves in terms of, you know, what are you going to do differently uh, or what things are staying the same? I remember from back in the day uh, with you touring that you uh, used to do a lot of uh, interesting things like living room, couch tours, that sort of thing. So, yeah, lots of house concerts. Um... Yeah, doing just kind of hitting like our core markets at this point um, throughout New England. Um, down in Pennsylvania is another market that has been really good to me. So going to head back down there. Um, it's been a little bit grassroots so far, you know, just like um, so some really great local radio stations have picked it up, which is awesome. Reaching out to, thankfully, I still have some friends in the industry after not having released music for a minute. So I, I did do like publicity campaigns and all that jazz for that, the other albums, radio campaigns. But like you said, the landscape has changed. So, um, you know, Spotify playlists is more the aim. Um, maybe making a video, maybe not, you know, just lots of reels. I think people's attention span certainly has shortened. So it's almost just as effective to like post some reels and post clips of things and um, just engage with, with personality. So it's, what's the attitude on Spotify since you mentioned that and I'm, I'm not picking on them, but I'm just going to use them because you mentioned it. Um, you <laughs> know, I've seen a lot of things are, around with, um, you know, songwriters and not getting their sort of, you know, cuts on, you know, royalty payments and streams and things like that. So yeah. we've had a lot of different, you know, artists and whatnot on uh, over the years and they all have their different take on what they view certain platforms as. So as far as Spotify mm -hmm. is concerned, do we view Spotify as a means of promotion really to get out the music or are we looking at to be more of a twofold, um, you know, uh, situation where not only is it for promotion, but to get also, you know, some, some money coming in from it too, in terms of, you know, getting the, the plays. Definitely not money. Definitely. What is it like 0. 0.00001244? Like it's nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. The real money is in, in placement um, in TV and media. And uh, yes. I've been, I've been, you know, I've been graced with some really nice TV and movie placements. So, you know, just trying to get this, this album out into the same, landscape of being able to be picked up and used in tv and, and movies as far as money is concerned right because right. the digital streaming streaming is nothing it's almost like so i did get cds pressed and i'm like laughing about it my dad's like you should just give them all away he's like you're not gonna make your money back <laughs> and i'm like you're right dad but like i want but vinyl's to where to go on that right so i think you know with this next next release i will i will say to you and, and then we haven't said this to anyone we are gonna do a live um, album next. And so um, 
we already have the music for it. I just have to decide. I think vinyl is the way to go because, mm-hmm. you know, no one, I mean, cars don't even have CD players anymore. I got, I wanted to get the 150 press and the guy's like, you should get 300. And now I'm like, I literally have 300 CDs and, and they've been selling moderate, modestly. Right. But like, I probably will just give a lot of them away and people will use them as coasters or end or like stick them <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> it's interesting though, because so. I feel like vinyl has become almost an art form because like I will buy vinyl sometimes, but you know, I already mm-hmm. own the album somewhere else, but like the yeah. art yeah. is so cool that like, you know what? I oh, want to yeah. frame this and put it on my wall. Well, it's absolutely crazy too, because like you see like these limited edition vinyls, like, you know, like, you know, uh, you know, whatever gram, like, you know, gold press, you know, that sort of stuff, you know, it's coming out in, in limited release. Oh my God, there we go. See, that's a huge <laughs> collection of vinyl. Another, Holy, Holy another smokes. Great vinyl collection right there. So it's definitely an art form. It's definitely a, an, an interesting time that that's making yeah. a resurgence. But the, but the thing is you can still get record players. You can go to like Newberry comics and they will have brand new yeah. players that you, that you can buy. Right. Well, so of course. it's right. You know, DJing is a big business, so. Well, you know. Well, it was shocking. Yeah, 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 it really is, DJing. And, I mean, vinyl's so good. The quality of of those recordings, nothing parallels them. But it was, like, shocking to me. I went to Target for something, and I, I always browse the CDs. And this was like maybe six. I guilty. Ago I still do it too. I but there's yeah. no CD. They don't have CDs anymore. I think they had like one Taylor Swift album, and I was like, of course they have Taylor Swift, but like <laughs> nothing else. I wanted to get my and, dad. And the CD, CD section is buried in the books, and it's usually right. back towards like where the uh, the warehouse and storage like stuff like is in the, the store. So it's hide. It's like one little section. Yeah, can't yeah. find it. Yeah, it's, it's it, weird. I wonder if they'll come back. You know, will they? Will they? I think I feel like there is sort of a full circleness to it because like what's old has has become new. You know, like these days, of course, people yeah. are like buying vinyl. I've seen some bands will actually put out cassettes because it's that like vintage aspect. Like yeah. you know, I'm we're waiting for cassettes to be the big thing. Oh, yeah. they're gonna just give it time. Could, <laughs> well, the thing is, like we're all, all around uh, the same age, so we grew up yeah. in the era of cassettes, <laughs> making like making like mixtapes. Hands up if made if made mixtapes. I made a bunch. Um, AM radio. I used to make AM radio mixtapes. I'd stay up all night. <laughs> AM radio or oh, FM radio mixtapes? AM. I would wow. like, record little sound clips that I would hear of yeah. like, weird whatever. And, and yeah, I loved those tapes. They were, it was so like, you know, hours and hours. And yeah. Hours. yeah. Like, like a real. It's like, could you just stop talking for one second and start playing so I can hit record? <laughs> Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. And and now of course like you, you go to like a Newberry Comics and it'll have the new the new the new uh, Taylor Swift in vinyl mm-hmm. and people will buy it. Right. 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 It's it's a it's a it's a funny old world we're living in. And like t- you know talk about promotions. I think the last time we spoke for the show we were talking about that very thing, but this was in the era of like MySpace. Facebook was like yeah. just like just starting up. So we were we were talking Dude, MySpace about MySpace was the best. I know. It was the Best. It was no, the I best agree. The amount of customization and personalization, yeah, and yeah. stuff for that was awesome. Yep, and but you could like actually get traction as a musician via right. MySpace. Yeah. And I still am connected to some of my MySpace friends and all that. <laughs> I mean, it was I had the best time with MySpace. I wish I wish they. And now you log in and you're like, what happened? What happened to everything? <laughs> it's all I, gone. I, think I logged in like five years ago. Yeah, like every all the like you said, all the customization. The cool graphics. Yep. Like, yep. That was so cool. And 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 Tom was everyone's friend. He was everyone's <laughs> friend. Yeah, you can <laughs> always count on Tom. Tom. Do you think it was really uh what's his what's his name? Oh my god. 
I think I think it was really like the guy who actually started it, and then and then, and then he sold yeah. it for like several million dollars and retired at the age of like twenty something. I thought, man, I picked the wrong yeah. vacation in life. Well, do you think it was really like Mark Zuckerberg? Ooh, <laughs> I, oh, we're I going down this rabbit hole. Come on, <laughs> I'm gonna go with no because I'm pretty sure Mark's not much older than us, so he would have been like what, like twelve yeah, when he did this. I mean, he he's smart, but he's not that smart. Yeah. He was like his big brother. Maybe it was Mark Zuckerberg's big brother, Tom, Tom. Tom Zuckerberg, who is actually the mind behind Facebook. <laughs> there, I'm dropping a new theory for right. you folks. Check that yeah. shit out. As I'm looking at the AI button on Zoom right now. I know, right? Times. I know times. it is. Um. All right. Well, speak, <laughs> speaking of times, let's talk about you in 2015 when you when you dropped in waves. And you now, do you feel like those two Sarahs are very different people? Wow. Going very existential here. Um, there's parts of me that are still the same. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of parts of me that have decided like health is really a priority, right? So I think when, <laughs> when you're younger and, and, and life is a different pace um you can do things differently so i think the ways of interacting with the world change and of course our bodies change right so but i think that i've just like deepened my um boundaries deepened my understanding of of brains of of like the interconnectedness of us all um i think my values have shifted it a little bit you know if you want to get <laughs> really deep into that way but um at that point i was i was just like plowing into outer space as fast as i could just hurling myself literally at a million miles an hour um into the atmosphere and i guess yeah i guess we do slow down as we age you know uh, well i mean i can remember when you used to i mean you used to do like do like a couple hundred shows a year you did tons of stuff you're always like on tour exactly. doing stuff and i think that's changed because yeah you know, I mean, I mean, part of it's just like just like economics. You know, it used to be easier to yeah. make a living through music, and now it's like, well, I gotta do 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 something else. And so yeah. you and you have all these other things going on too. So it's good to see you kind of diversify. Yeah, I mean, there's different parts of me that I've always liked to do different things. Um, as far as making a living, like, was it ever easy? I don't know. Maybe easy-ish. 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 I, well, maybe I, maybe there was just less expenses. You know, yeah. I could go by on eating like Dunkin' Donuts bagels and be like, I'm good. I'm fine. <laughs> now, um, and now, like, our age, like, oh god, I can't do that anymore. Right. You're like, <laughs> well, fall asleep by two p.m. No, I mean, I think that the the there has been a shift for me as far as like touring full time. Um, mm-hmm. Partly because it was unhealthy for me emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally, you know, and I also got into a really bad car accident. So that shifted my perspective on like wanting to be in my car all the time. Um, and then I, you know, just had some physical health challenges um, because of that. So it, it put me in a place where I needed to tend to those. Um, and then the reality was, well, do I want to sit crunched up in a car all day long? Like, is that, does that really feel good? So. After some physical therapy, it was like, yeah, maybe not. Yeah. Maybe yeah. not. Do you feel like you're in a good space, though, right now? I'm working on it. Yeah. I am working on it. Like I said, I'm on a little bit of a break from life right now. Um, 
I've had a, a hard few months and I'm, I'm coming through and, um, you know, getting back to baseline. So yeah, life, life sometimes is really hard and, and we have to do what we have to do to, to, to be okay. Yeah. But you are still doing shows and you actually did I two am. release shows for this album. One was Club Essim, your home, basically yeah. your second home. Yeah, I love it. And I then, love it and then yeah. the music hall lounge. But I want to talk about just Club Essim because this is a place close to your heart. How was it yeah. to be there to kind of celebrate the new music? It's like the most healing space on earth. I mean, it is just such a, like, gratuitous in the most beautiful sense space it, like it's always feels like a homecoming um you know people sit there and are ready to be alive and be transported and are just like they're just ready for it and it's a very giving audience um but it's also very raw because you can see everybody and everybody's you know nestled <laughs> up close to a million strangers and it's hot and it's you know, silent, um, but it's just so good. It's so good. Like I, I just have had so many um, homecomings in that room and, and been healed so many times by making music in that space. So it feels like flying. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's where I saw you last, actually. That, that That's the last place I saw you live was at Club Passim. I'm fairly certain. Yeah. I will believe it. I will believe it. Yeah. And you have yeah. some future shows, which I'm very excited about. Uh, these are going to both, uh, I believe, be in May. Uh, this is going to be, uh, you have one at the, at, the, at the Factory Underground Studio in Connecticut. And yep. then one at the Red Lion Inn in, in Cohasset, which is actually close to my old stomping grounds of Hanover, Mass. So it's like, oh, yeah, Cohasset. I know that place. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool room. That's um, it's actually on my mom's birthday, so she'll be there. That's June twentieth. Yeah. Oh, nice! And uh, nice. May tenth is in the Factory Underground, and we're this week. I'm announcing another Massachusetts show on May eleventh, um, in Central Mass. So those Ooh. details will be coming. I don't know if I'm like allowed to announce it yet. We're, okay. We haven't officially announced. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Soon. Fair enough. Soon, soon. Well, that actually yeah, puts so you. Lots of kind of so. closest to me then actually you're kind of being yeah. my you know like not not too far away not too far because like so not i'm so i'm out in western mass for all you listeners out there and where i am it's you know i mean very vibrant music very like, vibrant music scene actually it's funny because yeah. like i would often hear about about the iron horse from from you and from, from other like folk artists and like if i'm here i'm like oh that's what the iron horse is cool yeah it's such a great space really is really is uh, so you're also uh, a psychotherapist for adults and uh, <laughs> board certified music therapist for neurodiverse teens, which is a very interesting. How did you get into the field and what would you say are the benefits to music therapy? I know what the oh. benefits to music therapy is. We right? all do is listening to it, playing it, whatever, but coming from the, the board certified specialist, <laughs> let's, let's, let's hear what you have to say on the matter. Well, music is such a magical you know gift that we have i don't know what life would be like without it i mean it, it began with tribes drumming between each other as a way of communication um you know and over time we developed scales and modes and time signatures and and all of that but what's really cool is it activates every part of your brain when you're a part of it so um 
you know, all of your emotions, all of your memories, your motor movement, right? Your, your senses, your, like your, your, your visualization. Um, it's, it's all of those things. And it releases the same neurotransmitters that um, actually getting high on a substance does. So music does get you high. It's like Bob Marley says, right? One good thing about music, when it hits you, you, you feel no pain. And um, truly, you can't experience pain at the same time as pleasure. So the healing benefits for people who have chronic pain, who, you know, are, are grieving, who have mental health illness, who, um, you know, are isolated. I do a lot in mental health with music therapy and as a psychotherapist. But um, with neurodivergent teens at this point, it's like, you know, just a rock and roll communication um, social party. And yeah, I've, I've worked with, with addicted babies all the way to the end of life while someone's passing and, and playing music for them. So music's incredible. We're, we're very lucky to have it. We are indeed. We are indeed. And you've been working in this field for a while now too, right? Like I said, I'm old, right? We're all aging here. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I went to Berkeley and and didn't know about music therapy. And then um, I didn't want to graduate. My dad's like, he should probably graduate. And (laughs) so he he was like, I'll help you get a car if you graduate. So I'm very privileged in that way that Mm -hmm. I was able to get a car when I graduated. And then I went on tour. (laughs) So I was like, I'll I'll finish if I can go touring. So, um... Yeah, it's been over 20 years that I've been a music therapist. So it's been a minute. It's been great. Yeah, definitely. How'd you get into yeah. this in the uh, the first place? Um, well, I mean, like I said, I got to Berkeley and I, I thought I was going to do performance or songwriting, but um, I was like, well, I'll just write songs and perform. I don't really need to take a bunch of classes, even though just, you know, being in the environment, you learn a lot. But um, music therapy was like the perfect marriage of, of everything else that made sense to my brain as far as being passionate about psychology and, um, and humans and emotions and um, helping people. So when I found out there was a major that involved all of those things, it was, it just made a lot of sense to, to apply. And there were four of us that graduated when I graduated and I've been able to supervise for them for a long time. And as a music therapist, supervise the students and they, have like 175 people enrolling every semester now like it's a massive massive field so it's really cool to, to have seen it grow as well awesome awesome so that is amazing what would you say is next for you i mean everything that you've got going on now is there is there a peak that you haven't yet climbed to well like i said releasing some live um music i really have done like you know some band camp live EP releases if you dig for them they're out there but this I'd like to do a a real pro live vinyl album which will be coming soon and um you know yeah I think that and and possibly working with my husband as a producer to do some more home recording um just been trying to write a lot lately and um yeah like I said soon I'll be licensed as a psychotherapist as well so that's kind of an exciting move in in that direction so it certainly is yeah. it certainly is well well folks we are coming down to the end of this conversation uh 
Sarah, of course, it is always a blast talking to you. We'll be doing this much more in, in the, uh, the near future. I can promise you that. <laughs> I, I made a mistake a long time ago. I'm correcting that, that one now. So you'll be <laughs> hearing from me very soon. And, of course, folks, if you want to learn more about this wonderful artist, as I always say, you follow them on their socials. You go to sarahblacker.com. It's all there. You can check out the past music. The only way out is through. Come what may. Precious Little Things, In Waves, and of course, Horizon Line. And as I always say, support the artists. Whether you follow their stuff on their socials, buy the music, however you do it, support them in some capacity because it brings everyone else up. And of course, Sarah, definitely looking forward to the next conversation. Yes, thank you. Me too, Mary. Yeah, great to, to see you both. And to, well, I'm, I can see you, but our listeners can't see you. But great to speak <laughs> with you both. And thank you so much for having me. And with that, we bring this episode to a close. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, check us out on Facebook under Citywide Blackout and Twitter and Instagram under Citywide Max. You can catch this and all your favorite episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And new episodes are added every week, as well as on Boston Free Radio every Saturday at 10 p.m. You get at me at citywidemax at yahoo.com if you want to suggest a guest, submit your music, or just drop us a line. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.
Somebody throw me a rope My heart is in my throat It's beating gives me hope Covered in moonlight and smoke I'm starting to choke Just thought you'd like to know There's nothing I can do But find the twinkling of the rays Walk on, walk on, walk on There's nothing I can do but count the seconds in the days Walk on, walk on, walk on There's nothing I can do but find the twinkling of the rays Walk on, oh, walk on There's nothing I can do but count the seconds in the days Walk on, walk on, walk on It'll get easier, so